Welcome to another episode of Men Unmasked, where we try and chat about things that men are being challenged by and hopefully expound and come up with solutions on how we can be better men. Uh, once again, I'm joined here by the other three guys, the, uh, the gurus on uh, what it takes to be a man. Um, how are you guys doing today? Very good. Very good. Steve here. Um, I, I, I will say uh, not a self-professed guru, but if you think so, Mike, thank you. <laughs> Definitely doing, a self-professed guru. <laughs> doing good here, uh, Mike Johnson here. Um, just like Steve as well, I am not a guru, but thank you very much. What is all this modesty now? Huh? <laughs> well, yeah, this, this go, is not how we were past, chatting about earlier. Right, right. <laughs> I'm going to go past all this modesty. Thank you very much for calling me a guru, Mike. Thanks very much. Yeah, most welcome, and it's warranted. <laughs> I'm sure anybody listening that has listened to any other podcast would agree. <laughs> Good to be back in touch with you guys. Uh, I hope you guys had a great week as well. Yeah, the week's been pretty good, I must say. Um, times, I mean, 2020 is almost done. For some, they're saying that there's a, a bright uh, light shining uh, coming uh, January. Others will say maybe not so, so positive, but I mean, it, I suppose it'll depend on uh, which camp you're you're placing your tent in right now. But with that said, it's like, uh, I found is like perusing my, my social media this past week. There's been a lot of opinions being thrown around uh, regarding many different matters, but uh, it's become like, um, this is now the place to go for opinions, it seems. And uh, I don't know, have you guys experienced something similar on your sites? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think it's, uh, it's something that uh, is only, only this week as well I'm, I'm sure like it's going to continue to happen but it's also something that um has happened a lot this year um especially with so much thing so many things going on um on around the world globally i think for me um uh the most uh prominent um influence from social media is really just from my whatsapp groups uh in the many groups i'm in it's a great place to to connect with uh with people uh long lost friends or, or family members but you also have to deal with uh the sharing that that they have of uh of different uh different opinions or sharing um sharing different articles that they have that may uh that you may question <laughs> yeah true true i mean it, you the, the the articles that are being like I, I can speak from my side right my family has now got into the stage because I'm, I'm the youngest in, in my immediate family. And uh, so it's now, you know, I don't know if it's the same in your family, but for us, the youngest is usually the most technologically advanced. And so whenever any of this uh, news gets uh, shared via social media or via any other platform, then it's usually sent to me. Oh, can you verify this? Have you heard anything like this? <laughs> then I have to go through and actually check it out and see whether or not this is actually true and then give a report back to the family so that they know whether or not they can share it on. But my, my concern is that, you know, I'm very thankful that my family has taken the stance, but I, I fear that not everybody has done this. And with that, you know, you get a lot of just as you've put, you know, dubious <laughs> posts being sent from one person to another. And by putting it like this, I mean, Dev, how do you feel is having this kind of narratives being passed around? Because usually it's from one extreme to the other. 
do you feel that this is what's caused a lot of the disunity that we're starting to experience predominantly online, but to some degree also offline these days? Yeah, so that, you know, I think the issue really one is that we've made these opinions as though these, these opinions are like statements of fact or statements of truth. And, and so we must rally behind it rather than just it being, you know, a point of view, you know, it's like this chat we're having here, right? We all have different points of view, but the idea behind it is that, you know, I might raise something controversial, but it's to provoke discussion, right? Not to just, you know, I think this issue has really come about because of this sort of, at least from my perspective, that it's come from because of this liking and following type behavior that social media has sort of, uh, you know, uh, promoted, right? And so naturally everybody wants to say that when I like something, I am aligned to it. And then now I want to become part of that tribe as well. So it's not, it, you know, you, there's a whole sense of belonging to that, to what's being said and what the opinion that's being offered rather than it just being a point of view, which is now open for debate and discussion, which then enables us to engage, right? That's true. I mean, uh, one thing I find is like in today's culture, something that has really ro risen in prominence is uh, identity. Like when people will usually talk, I identify, I identify, whether it be with a, a, a diet, whether it be with a gender, whether it be with whatever. So do you feel like a lot of these, uh, uh, Johnson, maybe you can tap in here a little bit, is that uh, a lot of this could also be like the, the animosity that people will come with is because they actually place their identity in whichever camp they've chosen rather than just listening to the opinion you're attacking them as a person rather than you're you're just attacking the the fact i don't know but might jump in johnson if you don't mind uh <laughs> sure, sure go yeah, ahead no i just thinking that you know one one thing that came to mind for me was uh you know ravi zacharias always used to put this point forward right that you're not you're never answering the question, but you should be focusing on answering the questioner. And I think one of the problems has been that when you put something out in a tweet or a blog post, you all you do is connect with the text, right? You don't really connect with the person. Uh, and especially in a WhatsApp group, right? They're just, you're forward, it's being forwarded randomly. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you don't even know who brought it up in the first place. And, and so we, we just sort of, ah, well, you know, believe the guy who forwarded it and it must be must be true it must be good for somebody so pass it on yeah Th thanks so much for bringing that up um dev um you know it's it's it's, it's about the question you know not about the, the question um yeah i i thought before i i jumped into uh, talking about opinions and how it shapes our identity i just wanted to question the the purpose of of social media um to begin with especially during um, this pandemic year where we're all cooped up at home um, and and we all have a basic need of, of connecting and and uh, engaging in, in human relationship which all of us I, I believe um, are definitely missing that uh, that human touch you know and and, and so we, we forget that I think social media was was created really to amplify this human connection and this and build relationships um, but Today, it seems like all we get is just this one-dimensional 
view of of people, you know, based on their opinions, on 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 current matters, um, and and I feel like that's that's something that is is um, you know in we 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 started to just focus on you know which camp are you on or or where are you, but we forget that actually human beings are complex uh, creatures and there is a need to appreciate you know, uh, the complexity of, of people. Uh, but that needs, in order to appreciate that complexity, there's a need to uh, spend the time and a certain level of tolerance and ability of uh, having conversation and discussion that needs to take place in order to really uh, get to the many different layers uh, of, of different people. Um, and I, I actually wanted to touch on those things as, as we as we um, had this discussion today. You know what's what's kind of interesting is like I, as you were sharing about about like what's I I guess what's the purpose of like social media and, and the purpose of why that person is sharing whatever's on social media. I was just also thinking about how um, almost like all our opinions or all the information that we gather. Um, can sometimes only be through social media, through what other people have been sharing versus um, like, I was thinking like, how did, how do we form our opinions or get our information before social media ever existed? Right. Um, it was through books. It was through conversations. It was through, you know, newspaper. Uh, now I feel like we get everything from this, uh, from this uh, small screen and, uh, and it's like, uh, we live and die by it as well, right? Or, or at least some people may may live that way. I, I must say, is I, I like the way that you guys have framed this. And, you know, the thing is, that's really stood out to me is that, you know, when you're using social media in this context, is it's very easy to forget that you're actually dealing with another person on the other side. You know, it's an actual human being, a person that has feelings, that has thoughts, that has uh, their own uh, a, a, a experience that they're going through. And uh, I really like the way that Dev puts it there, or that he highlighted, that Ravi puts it, is that you must always uh, look at the the questionnaire, not just the question. Is the questionnaire questionee? What? Is, um, well, the person asking the question. <laughs> However, it yes, goes. Yes, the questionnaire. The questionnaire. <laughs> the questionnaire. Yeah. So it's always it's it's quite an important task to actually take that into account because you don't know what the the life experience of the person is. You don't know. You know, like that that old saying. You know. If you want to judge a person, walk a mile in their shoes. Or before you can judge a person, walk a mile in their shoes. And I find that that's quite similar here in, in social media, is that if you're only consuming one side of a narrative, it's very difficult to have any sympathetic ear or, or empathetic ear to listening to the other person's uh, side of the story. Because you, you've created, you've built up your wall, uh, no uh, pun intended there for Trump's uh, Mexican wall, but you know, you've built up your wall and uh, this is putting my stance in and now I'm here to defend rather than I'm here to engage in conversation. Mm. And I find that for myself, that is one of the biggest issues that I, I sit with is that it's very difficult to engage conversation, partly because sometimes I'm actually also do, uh, guilty of putting up the wall and, and taking the defensive stance. But other parts is also because the other person has done that. And it's difficult for me now to find that commonality to actually uh, uh, engage. So one way to try and overcome that is I've also started reading uh, a lot of media outlets, 
that uh, I usually wouldn't in the past. Um, just to get the perspective from both sides. So when I'm actually able to speak to the person, um, I wouldn't say I, I come to their level, whether that's up or down, you know, that's left to perspective. Um, but it helps me to, to gain a bit more of an understanding in how to formulate the questions or, or the conversation going forth. And uh, I found it's been a little bit beneficial. I'm still a, a work in progress. Um, but the ultimate goal or the thing to remember that from, from my whole babble here is that whenever you are on social media, if you're replying to a tweet or you're, you know, forwarding a, a, a post, there's always an actual person that's uh, either wrote the post or that the post is about. And I think we need to take that into account. You know, don't just uh, forward a, a willy nilly uh, post because you don't know how that's actually affecting the person that the post was about. I don't know. What do you guys think? Isn't that now also a big problem because you've just got too many things coming at you. So you've got no ability to actually, you know, spend the time or invest that, that time to actually understand that, that part of the perspective, right? And, and I think this is an issue. So, and I think it's a two-way thing. It's not just the person who's receiving the information, but it's also people who are producing it. It's so easy, you know, the, the making it easy to tweet makes it easy to just spin. The easiest thing to sell is just a point of view. Just put it out there, right? And then, uh, but to answer that actually requires discernment requires you to, like you pointed out, it's, it comes back to your sense of identity, right? Who are you? Who are you really? What's the basis of the way that you engage with other people? And how do you actually discern? So this requires effort. And, you know, uh, Daniel Kahneman, I think, really did a fantastic job when he was talking, when he wrote his book, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, because it's a tough book to read. Uh, but my goodness, the insight in there about um, what we used to uh, say about our sort of animal instinct, right? The intuitive behavior is actually about the fact that we, we are, and uses the term <laughs> lazy, that we don't put effort into developing the way that we think. And you know, that's really important now because when you're flummoxed with just so much information, you really have to pay attention, right? To what you're taking in what you're digesting, who are you, and how is that affecting your interactions? Because ultimately it's those experiences that change who you are, change the way that you behave, change the way you believe, you know, just, and are reflective of your attitude. And so, the, you know, things are trying, because of the fact that people just simply rapidly, you know, create uh, content now and just put it out there. Everybody wants to be, as I said earlier, they want to belong to that content stream and then, so they want to forward it on, right? And they want to keep it. And then, it, and especially when it comes to just simple points of view, they can just escalate, right? So quickly and suddenly everybody believes that, oh, guess what? Everybody retweeted me, so I must be great, right? And I've got these followers. And so truth now is just how many people like you, right? And it's got nothing to do with the sort of the actual experience of a relationship that is edifying. I think that's that's really, really important in terms of thinking about how do you engage, how do you love, how do you just value different people, right? 
I think uh, that's quite a good point that you brought up there is like, um, how do we actually value friendship nowadays? You know, when you're looking at social media in this perspective, the information that you're sharing, are you sharing it because you think it's going to offer value to the friends that you're sharing it to? Or are you offering it in order to get more friends? Well, I use friends very loosely. Um, because like I, I notice on my Facebook, the large amount of friends that I have, but when I actually uh, break it down to how many of them I engage in on a daily basis, it's but a handful of them. Um, the rest is like just keeping in touch, like keeping distance touch. Others, I don't know if I've ever even spoken to them. It's just that, you know, a friend request was sent and it was received. Um, so this is the thing is also is, is what is the, um, the reason that people are sharing? Like you're saying is like one of the aspects as Christian men where we should place value is relationships. Now, if you're placing value on relationships, whatever the words you speak, the actions you do should also be placing value on the friends that you are dealing with. Now, if you're just sharing things on uh, just because it follows a certain narrative without you actually fact checking, are you still placing the value on that friendship? Or are you adding value to that friend? And I think these are the questions. I mean, you, I, I love the way that the author there put it because I am so guilty of it is I am very lazy when it comes to these kinds of things. You know? Oftentimes I'll say, Ooh, this looks interesting. And I'll just forward it on rather than actually taking the time and seeing like, what kind of uh, message is this? Um, will this add value to the person that I'm sending it to? Or is it just engaging in gossip? and passing on false news, so to speak. And I think this is, this is something that we do need to take a, a more of a, a mindful uh, position on and say, it's like every the task that I'm doing here, when it comes to like social media messages, is this going to add value to the person I'm sending it to? Or am I just doing this for more likes? Um, so, so I, I, I've been trying to trying to keep up with the, the conversation and, and let me see if I, I just have this right. So, so social media has this, uh, has provided such a great platform to be able to uh, connect and share information. Right. And um, what we're saying is that uh, we have to be careful with what information we consume uh, based on what others share. Um, looking at different sides and different opinions and questioning what's the purpose behind uh, whoever sent, whoever shared this information, questioning that, that questioner. Um, and then on the other side is looking at, um, is looking at what information do we ourselves share? Um, and, and being mindful of, of what is that, what is that value that we're, where are we adding value? Is it to build relationships? Or is it to, uh, or is it in an unchristian manner? Let's say to stir the pot, to to incite. Yeah, I think that's quite a good summation of, of where we've gone. I think we we started one way and uh, we've we've bubbled out a little bit. <laughs> Keep it on tangent, but I I, I think we're, we're we're still back on track. Um, but yes, I think that's pretty much what it looks at is as a Christian you know, a Christian man these days is what is our responsibility when it comes to, to uh, social media? What uh, responsibility should we take in our role that we play? Is it a case of just like uh, we can write it off 
um, and say, oh, we're just part of the crowd. Everybody's doing it. So uh, I do it too. Or is it time that we actually put our foot in the sand, you know, and, and drew the line and say, okay, look, this is the stance that we want to take um, and try and, and, and be the gap in this, uh, this overconsumption of, of sharing, if we can put it that way. Well, I, you know, I, I think there are, uh, like, I, I wouldn't want to paint the picture that uh, sharing information is bad, right? Yep. Like, I think there's, there's so many advantages and benefits of, of social media as well in terms of, um, or, you know, although Mikey said that, you know, you're looking at your, your list of Facebook friends, we only really interact with a handful. But, you know, we can't deny that, you know, at least keeps us connected. Um, maybe the expectation is different on, on Facebook, but it does uh, keep us connected to potential, uh, potential friends, maybe that we, we want to connect to in the future, um, who we haven't talked to in many, many years. Um, and, and, and I think that's just like one of the, one of the advantages um, uh, amongst a long list, list of many as well. Um, I think the, the question, uh, I, I think we have to be careful as well when, when looking at drawing the line in the sand of, of whether we take a stand and also being flexible enough to change our opinion in regard to, to new information that we, we see as well. I think too, too quickly is our default reaction to, uh, to pick a side, right? Say, okay, this information I'm seeing, is it, does it support what I believe or is it against what I believe? And if it's against what I believe, then I just try to slam it to the ground and try to uh, come up with every reason to, to doubt it as well, right? Um, and, and you might see that as, as drawing a line in the sand, uh, which, which I think could be really dangerous uh, as well because you, you suddenly just shut yourself off to new information and you go, I'm, ne I'm never changing my opinion. Um, I'm always correct. Oh, I think uh, just a few things I probably need to clarify. Uh, I obviously didn't articulate it well enough. Uh, one, the drawing the line in the sand is actually uh, just us saying no to just... Uh, over forwarding or over retweeting for the perspective of gaining likes, but rather mm. asking yourself, like when you share something, what I'm sharing, is this adding value to whoever I'm sharing it to? Um, right. That's the right. question. Just, just taking that mindful moment that rather than just automatically hitting the share button, I'm actually just reading and, and going through the information that's being shared and then making the, uh, the due or shall we say doing the due diligence before sharing and then the other one is a yes i also 100 percent agree it's nice to be in contact like i have school friends that uh, i haven't spoken to in years um that it's nice to go and see like what are they actually doing now but at the end of the day is like when i'm looking at the relationships that i'm dealing with is where am i actually placing my focus you know, where am I pl placing my priority? Am I placing my priority in gaining likes or gaining friends? Or am I placing my priority in adding value to my friends? And I think that's the shift that we need to look at is rather than looking to gain friends or gain followers or in this kind of thing is rather focus on the actual content that we are sharing. Make sure that this is adding value. And if it is actually adding real value, the the likes or the followers would then follow from that rather than us 
sharing something to be, let's say, controversial or whatever, um, to gain more likes. I think it's 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 not to say that we we're, we're taking a, a full on defensive stance against this, but rather that we're just shifting our mindset that back to that one taking a breather before hitting the share button and doing our due diligence before doing so. But I think the controversial bit of what you're saying, Mike, is the fact that actually there is a huge shift that now we have to be able to say, I don't necessarily uh, have to have certain people in my tribe, right? That there are people that matter and there are people that I've been blessed with, right? And those are the, those, I, I'm using this as a, a means for engagement. I'm not trying to just simply put words into somebody else's head for just this, as you said, you know, like, like getting people to like me is not important. You know, it started off with a very simple way, right? It was a way to convey whether your message was meaningful, but it's taken on a completely different uh, meaning now, right? Intention now. It's just like money. Right, I look at it like the words now that when we talk about means, right? It's just like what money has become. Money was meant to facilitate, right, the exchange of goods and services, <clears throat> but now it's become the objective in itself. So in the same way now, these words now are being used for a completely different purpose, right? And to actually, uh, yeah, instead of being a way to convey truth, and as a result of truth, being a basis for cultivating uh, relationships, right? And I just completely turned around. And I think that's a bit that we actually honestly need to sort of, you know, draw a line in the sand and say, yes, we are actually going to diligently say that we are not going to, right? Just randomly throw things out, uh, out there because we are just gossipers now, right? We, all we've done is socialized gossiping. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, so, so I've been keeping quiet for a while now because I do have a lot of thoughts going through my mind and I can't seem to form them. But I'll, I'll just think out loud if you guys don't mind. Go ahead, go ahead. I think <laughs> so, that's what so we're doing know, too. <laughs> no, no, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I think that you know, we, we've, we've explored two extremes, right? One of which uh, we're looking at you know how society today, uh, when it comes to social media, I think if we take a broad stroke, it seems like um, people are doing it for the likes, you know, uh, and the shares and the engagement with with the fans, so as to speak. Uh, and and the other extreme, we we explore, you know, what ideally we would like, you know, where, you know, we should be responsible about how we consume, how we share, and we should be thinking about how do we add value uh, to to people. You know, but I think these are many, of course, some people, um, some people would, would think of, say, for example, uh, doing it for the likes. I think rarely anyone would admit that I'm doing it for the likes. You know, most of it in our conscious mind would, would think, no, it's, it's really not for the likes. You know, um, and I think the, that impression that we are getting may be a byproduct of something else, you know, going back to the fundamental reason why uh, social media exists. You know, and that's the building of relationships. You know, so I, I'm thinking that I, I'm I'm looking to explore. You know, another reason why it seems that way, and and that's um, talking about um, you know the need to stay relevant. Mm. You know, and and how social media and the internet and the amount of information that that has been fed to us 
um, and the, the multitasking type of lifestyle that's been introduced to us makes us constantly busy. You know, and in all our busyness, you know, we still want to be connected with our people, with our friends, and we want our friends to know that we're still here. You know, so as a result, um, but, but as a result of all this busyness, it's very difficult for us to develop original thought, you know, or to synthesize all this information that is, that is coming in, you know, which is something that uh, Dev had, had point out, pointed out earlier. You know, so as a result, we, we then resort to um, just sharing articles, you know, um, hoping that that kind of represents uh, uh, pieces of ourselves. You know, and, and, and so we, we see something that we kind of agree, but uh, as a result of not really having the time to, <laughs> to, to really read through it, uh, we, we, we then become a victim of this whole vicious cycle that we've created for ourselves. You know, so uh, we start sharing these sort of things, then it creates rumors. It may create even a superficial or false impression of who you are. And at the same time, it hampers your ability to develop original thought. You know, so at the end of the day, it's still, um, it doesn't fulfill the purpose that you set out to, but we all get stuck in this, in this cycle. Uh, um, I hope that made sense. But that was, that was what was in my mind. I just needed to get that out. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, you know, and I, and I, just to add on to that, Johnson, I think like a, a byproduct of like not having that original thought, um, uh, but just maybe even like, um, you just sort of follow the the flow of conversation or whatever dominates your sphere of uh, of influence or sphere of, of of information that you're getting right and whatever whoever opinion you you follow it, it boils down to like good or bad right like um, this side versus the other side and and suddenly you're um, if you you're not able to form that original thought you just follow their their opinion then immediately you you generally have uh, you, know, you you draw that line in the sand. You go, this is my side, and that's uh, that's your side, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's almost a situation where uh, the more you reinforce it, is it even for yourself by the act of sharing? Suddenly, you're you're also pushed into a corner to defend your own views, which you actually haven't really formulated it, you know, but since you've already shared maybe 10 articles about um, the conspiracy of flat earth, okay, <laughs> maybe I'll be a flat <laughs> earth. <laughs> no, that's, that's an, ex that's a, that's an ex well, well, extreme. Definitely. You know, like maybe like even connecting us back to what Mike said about like when we, when we, we are more conscious about how we share information and we have it from a perspective of adding value, um, you know, sharing an article doesn't always have to be something about um, informing uh, informing others or trying to support your opinion. It could be on the basis of providing that alternative uh, side, that alternative perspective, right? And saying, okay, in my, in my group who, who maybe don't believe in this, like, what are your thoughts? You know, let, let's, let's actively uh, engage. Let's have a diatribe. Let's talk about, uh, uh, about like more of a, 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 say a controversial opinion in our group, you know, to be able to then, um, for more of that original opinion, right? Uh, but I think a lot of the time, 
we might say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this information to add value to my, to my group or whoever is going to see this. But a lot of the time, it's just reinforcing that echo chamber, right? It's reinforcing those, those same thoughts and just going, hey, we were right all along. Great, great for us. Kudos for us, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I think that's a really interesting point that you linked us, Stephen, because I think the point is where, where do we find this context where a WhatsApp group can either be an echo chamber or one that's actually contributing to a value discussion. So, you, you know, when, when teams, when you got, when you're using a WhatsApp group for teams and stuff like that, generally you started it out for a purpose, right? And then it'll, it'll be anchored around a particular topic and a serious discussion around it because people actually want to take away something. And so it was started off with that perspective, but then to keep that group relevant, suddenly everybody starts throwing in all these random, random bits and pieces, right? And so unless you have an active moderator, maybe in that role, or that the group actually says, no, no, we started this for a particular purpose. So let's keep all those other opinions in some other place, but, and we're going to use this uh, for the purpose of actually an engaged discussion on something meaningful, right? And not just, at, uh, just bringing in other things. So the ability to moderate that, so self-moderation, I think is really, really important in terms of how we think about ourselves as, you know, as Johnson put it, how do we maintain relevance as uh, Mike mentioned also about identity. And then, like you said, how do you make sure that this is meaningful, right? I think that's, that's something that we really need to think about. What do we use these social media platforms for? Right. I think one thing is also is like, uh, Steve, as you, you highlighted there is, you know, Sometimes what you're sharing is actually the purpose of it is to engage the conversation and the conversation itself is what will be adding the value. Um, so that is also one thing, but I, I do find is that sometimes that, that the conversation starter that is shared also backfires <laughs> as a, I've personally experienced, you know, it's like, so that's also, it's it, the intention might've been good. Um, but maybe the, the uh, carrying out of it didn't go so well, but uh, at least you take the time before to 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 think: Is this going to add value? And and then only share. So when I'm adding value, I think uh, a lot of people will then assume like, okay, so whatever you're sharing is is like very deep, very uh, um, like let's say it's very leadership oriented because a lot of the conversation is done with the in in my circles is is around leadership. So it's very leadership focused, but actually not, you know, uh, life is there to, to, to be lived and it's there to be lived, um, holistically. And one of those is also entertainment. You know, sometimes you might come across something that you find is like, okay, this is very uplifting. You know, let me share this with the people. It'll be very uh, uplifting or inspirational for people around me. So that's still adding value. It might just be a different kind of value. And I think that is uh, something we also need to take into account is that just because we say here, take that mindful moment, is this going to add value to the person you're sharing to? It doesn't just necessarily mean like this is serious information. It's going to build up the character. You're going to learn so much from this, but sometimes it's like just that little pick me up for the person on that day. Um, like I, I, I think you guys also share quite a few memes. <laughs> you know, sometimes a, a well-placed meme can speak more than five articles. And uh, so I think this is also something just to take into account and just to, to clarify. Um, but also I think 
like when you, you you're sharing all these things on on social media i mean uh do you guys rely on on the social media platform itself to do the fact checking for you or if you see something will you actually go out and, and fact check it yourself like what is your process that you would usually follow yeah i think when it comes to like whatsapp groups so the first thing i do is just make sure whatever group i'm in uh I just try to play a moderator type role. I think coming back to that and saying, look, we all need to, before we forward something on, right, into the group, then make sure you have done your own diligence about it, right? And so everybody needs to take responsibility for the content that they are putting in. So that's, that's been at least one way to, uh, I've used in, you know, even family and other friends sort of, chat groups, uh, just to make sure that people are just not randomly forwarding things, right? Or if they do that, then they actually mention that, look, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it, but I'm, I'm putting this here to at least elicit points of view, right? Not to just be part of a chain of gossip. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, especially, I mean, because WhatsApp groups are uh, naturally I guess chaotic and, and unmoderated, right? They're, meant, they're like these private channels. And, and and more often than not, I I, I think uh, less people get their info from from the more popular sites like uh, Facebook, but um, maybe get it more through Twitter, Reddit, or or WhatsApp, especially the, those sort of uh, uh, different opinions uh, or different articles that are shared. Um, and I I I know like um, Mike, you're you're sort of talking about how. Uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and I think some other social media websites have started to um, fact check and and potentially censor um, people if they're sharing the wrong information, right? Yeah, that's what you're referring to, to fact checking. Yeah, I, I, I think it's like, I think it's a, it, it's something really, really new. I, I don't really have an opinion on because I, I see the benefit of it as well as then, you know, because like, of course you want, you want facts and this is a potential way of helping the people who don't really fact check, but just share information to then at least get it um, more right than usual. But then the question becomes, well, who's, who's, who's fact checking the fact checkers, who's watching the watchmen. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's, yeah, that's the big question as well. Cause I find is like the, the issue that you sit with, is like it's great, you know, to to have people to try and uh, how shall we say funnel the actual truth through to you. So it's great that they they've engaged such a thing as a, a fact checker. But my my concern is that it opens you up to so many new issues. Um, because like they always say, okay, who's the person behind the fact checker? You know, what's the organization that's driving that? Then it's like, what's the narrative that they're actually pushing through? And it's like, okay, how far does their fact-checking actually go? Like what extent of uh, categories do they actually cover? Is it extensive? Do they cover everything or do they only cover certain aspects? Because there have been stories of like uh, very out there kind of uh, uh, posts that have been put up. And then like uh, these platforms have uh, refused to, to actually take those down but really at the crux of it it's been very very <laughs> to me it's like terrible uh, uh, things that have been posted um and should have been taken down but 
the onus is at the end of the day is like, I find it should still be left unto you to go and do the fact checking. I, I don't think we should shift this kind of responsibility onto somebody else to go and do. I think it's something that we as people need to go and go and fact check all these kinds of things on our own. Um, I leading and, and just echoing again, what, what Dev said earlier is by adding on this fact checking service, you're just making us even more lazy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And by ba babying us like this is you're only going to develop, uh, um, people that want to be more spoon fed at a later time. And they might lose the skill of actually going and fact checking on their own because they just now become accustomed and uh, to people doing it for them. And this is going to open up a whole can of worms later on down the line. So whether or not the fact checkers that they currently have uh, are good, you know, that's left up to, to perception. Everybody might have their own. My concern is actually, as I've just highlighted is that, I still feel that this should be a skill that's actually left up to people themselves. Now, the irony that was not left uh, uh, lost on me is that perhaps these have come up because we're not doing the due diligence ourselves. But it's the case of like, um, you know, is it is it something that it, just because you're not practicing the skill, we need to take the skill away? You know, if that makes sense, it's like that's my my concern is that. I find it's something rather than just taking it away, they should try and delve deeper and, and give you more ways to actually you go and exercise your fact check rather than them censoring, so to speak, on uh, what they believe is, is uh, true or not. Yeah, so putting on my guru hat a little bit. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, but I think this is an existential question really, right? That we are choosing to dumb down the basis for how we discern, right? For the basis for how we become wise. So, you know, because we are, we are deconstructing wisdom into all these little transactions that we can have, right? So, so the, the transaction now is that anybody can gossip. And because anybody can gossip, uh, we need these fact checkers to check that gossip, right? And then as Steven said, we need, you know, somebody else to audit the fact checkers. And then there's the legal part of it, right? Because I can sue you for either, you know, defaming me in gossip or that if your fact checking is wrong. Right? And then we just keep layering on these, uh, you know, more and more transactions, more and more skills, more and more capabilities. But fundamentally, I think as we started off, uh, you know, part of the things that we talked about was one, this is really about what your for the individual themselves is about your identity, right? The basis for your identity. Then the second one is the basis for how you are relevant with the people around you, right? And then, and then again, it comes down to how do you engage with others? How do you build a relationship based on trust? And the existential question I think is where's the source of these pieces? What's the source of identity? What's the, source of the reason for wanting to have relevance, right? And the basis for how we become wise. And I think, uh, you know, this is, this is something we really, really need to pay attention to in this postmodern experience-driven environment, right? Uh, you know, Ravi Zacharias said, I think the easiest thing to do is to provide or to speak through imagination. So it's whatever is just coming through 
your brain through you know, the TV or your social media is just you know, causing your neurons to just fire and then you just vomit things out, right? And you're not actually spending time processing it. Now that's really, it's a, to me, it's, it's, it's a tough feat to sort of sit down. And then of course my kids will come and tell me, you know, dad, stop thinking too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> stop considering all this, just do, you know, just, and don't worry, we'll figure it out as we go along. But that works, I think, if again, you have a solid foundation and a solid anchor, because otherwise we're just spinning in space and we keep adding more things that make us spin faster and faster and faster. And we just lose sense of who we are and where we're headed. That's right. And that goes to play as like uh, what, you know, the, the, what was said in the Bible, where they were speaking of um, building the house on a solid foundation, not building it in the shifting sands. So it's the same kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's the principle that you're practicing there is like you need whatever your identity or anything is that needs to be based in something solid. It cannot be something on shifting sands because that's then depending on which way the wind blows on that day is depending on which way you're going to be traveling. But if you're building a house upon the rock, then your, your values are, are more uh, apparent and you can, firm up your decisions from that a lot easier. Like we've, we've, we've spoken about, like we must be mindful about what we're going to share, you know, see, make sure that it's going to add value to the person that you're sharing it to. We've also said that it's, it's, it's good to go and do your own fact checking, that it's a skill that we should um, uh, uh, harness and, and sharpen rather than discard or outsource. Um, but there is a third part or third component to this. And that is like, where do you actually go and consume your information? Where do you get the input? I, I find that this is also a very important part. Um, I'm not sure if you guys agree, but like, like we shared in the, in the beginning is like, always have to remember that there's a person on the other side. When a person asks a question, the question is not as important as the question. What did we say? Questioner, questionee, yes, questioner, questioner. It's not as important as the questioner. But if I don't have the same kind of uh, perspective as what the questionnaire has, I might not be able to understand where the question is actually coming from. And then I'll rather like, like what the Dev was sharing is I'll rather blurt out from my experience and vomit out my, my, my textbook answers. Do you know what I mean? Rather than taking in that, that extra uh, uh, component that it's a person that I'm speaking to. So the fact of where we actually consume our information from I find is also quite important. Um, so I just wanted to put it out there and, and hear from you guys is like, what is your current practice? You know, with regards to information, do you all just go and, and get it all from one source or do you have a myriad of, of platforms that you'll visit to get uh, various perspectives? I'm trying to think. Um, well, uh, truthfully, um, I think that, um, there are a very minimal amount of uh, sources that I engage with, aside from, um, you know, whatever we're bombarded with on social media, you know, and, and that would be the newspaper, you know, so, um, uh, yeah, so, so there are a couple of newspapers that I, I, I follow, uh, not necessarily because of uh, their journalistic excellence, 
but I believe that it's still better, a curated source of daily news is still better than relying on my Facebook feed or my Twitter feed uh, to, to frame the, the current happenings uh, and the Bible, you know, uh, to, to ground myself in, in, in uh, truth, you know. And, uh, uh, but aside from that, I, I'm guilty that I don't have, you know, other like uh, journals or, or uh, uh, sites that I, that I found and, and have the discipline to actually follow uh, at, this, at this point in time. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I've, I've been thinking about. You know, I've, I've been talking to, to Jane uh, about as well. It's like where, you know, I, I do want to subscribe to these places, but there's so many, uh, so many of them. And, and I, I just feel over, totally overwhelmed, you know, and spoiled for choice. Yeah, that's true. You are spoiled for choice nowadays because it's just so much <laughs> to consume. So what I've done is, uh, from my perspective, is I've looked at the the countries that I, I consume uh, news from. Uh, there are a few. And then what I went is there's usually two points of view when you're looking at the extremes. There's either the, the extreme liberal or there's the extreme conservative, right? Um, so yeah. what I'll do is I'll look at which... Uh, publications are falling into which category and then I'll subscribe to the RSS feed and set that up so that basically I'll go into one uh, news reader which is my RSS feed and I'll be able to get perspectives because usually you'll have trending stories so you'll be able to see the the similar stories in the RSS feed from the various publications and if you read the far left and then you read the far right Somewhere in between there, the truth is lying there <laughs> because either of those, you're not quite getting the 100% truth, but you're getting their perspective or their narrative of it. But somewhere in there, if you read both publications, you start to glean a bit of, oh, this is the, what the actual facts are. And then from there, you start to, to gain an understanding as to, oh, their perspective that they're coming from is from this perspective. And obviously the other side is coming from that perspective. So you get a, just a bit more of an understanding as to where the people are coming from when they're asking the question. I found that has helped me a little bit um, in uh, framing my mind so that when I read certain articles, I don't get as like, like what Stephen was sharing earlier. I don't draw that land, uh, the line in the sand and get in the defensive mode already, but I'm actually more open to, to engage in the conversation because I have a little bit of uh, understanding as to where they're coming from. That is, that has helped me a little bit. Um, I don't know if this will help you, but it might be worth a try. Stephen, what about you? How do you uh, consume or where do you consume? Well, well, just sharing from, uh, from how my attitude has sort of changed uh, over the years. I think um, when I was younger, um, you know, maybe this was like a, um, a cry for like searching for my identity or something not to go <laughs> too far into that but i i i think i wasn't wasn't very willing to to look at the other side of things or consider that um and it is really funny because when i was younger and, and i I'd, I'd look at this information is obviously uh very uh very biased and, and you know no source of information is going to be wholly uh, unbiased at, at any moment but um but the first thing I would read uh, would would uh, affect my opinion a lot, right? And it would be like, well, oh, this must be uh, this must be the truth, 
this must be it because it's the first thing I read about it. It's probably the most popular thing. Um, and, and that was really my attitude growing up. And so, and, and then anything that came after that, that was slightly uh, different from that opinion, I would just stick to, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, uh, go against and go, no, well, it's wrong. It's fake. It doesn't understand. It doesn't understand facts and give for whatever X, Y, and Z reasons why it was wrong. But uh, now, you know, I, now being a little more mature, growing up a little more experienced, I've, um, you know, come up with so many, um, experienced so many uh, scenarios where um, my opinion is formed based on this one source of information or, or maybe a few that, that have, um, um, that share an opinion. And then, um, and then sticking to it. And then when I, when I read on the other side, suddenly I, I realized, oh, you know, the situation isn't so black and white. And actually there are, a lot of perspectives to share. Um, I, I, I know that wasn't your specific question, Mike, about it, but I, I kind of just wanted to share that, like, it, it was like a process of like developing that maturity in regards to uh, differing opinions and, and how, and my relationship to, to these uh, different sources of information. How I, how I what specifically I, I, I consume or how do I keep sort of a relatively unbiased um, information? Uh, sorry, unbiased opinion. Um, I mean, I mean, similar to 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 what you shared. Um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll look at some of the most popular articles, but I also have different sources where I can read very um, very clearly um, biased opinions, uh, whether it's left or right, whether it's uh, vegan or or carnivore diet, whether it's for uh, uh, let's say vaccines or no vaccines. Like uh, there'll be places where I'll. Uh, I'll even search for it because like um, even let's say you go on Google, um, you can like, like you can search for that differing opinion very easily and you will get, you, you can read their perspectives. And I, I, I think the most important thing I wanted to highlight is really it, it depends on your attitude to the information that you're consuming. Right. Because you could, you could still go to these, differing sources of opinion and and still use that to to bolster your own opinion you know so you, you might just have this lens of uh, i'm never going to change my opinion but just to say that i've read, seen the other side and i know what they're talking about then i'll look up what what are they talking about but i'll just use that as evidence against them versus really going in with an attitude of you know i really want to be i really want to seek truth Find out what's what's the truth. Find out all the different perspectives, and then just go go from there. You know, um, and not feeling so uh, so sensitive that you have to um, you have to be right all the time. Yeah, no, that's that's a fantastic perspective, Stephen. But I, no, I'd like to also ask, how important do you think uh, you know the fact that you've gone through different situations, right, in your life, so because you've had diversity in your own experiences. Therefore, that gives you a, a reason or a stimulant to actually want to look at things from a different perspective because you realize that there's a lot more that you don't know. And therefore, discovery is more or as important to this process of just expressing this point of view, right? Very quickly giving an answer. So the, you know, in this problem solving type environment that we've been growing up in and we keep being taught everything is a problem to be solved, right? 
but actually there are much more mysteries to be discovered. And that's what life is really about. And if you don't open yourself to that perspective where you want to discover, then I think that's the biggest, biggest problem. I think for me, I, I think I, I can't remember Johnson when I shared this with you once, I think we were talking about, you know, wanting to hack school and hack education. I said, you know, one of the critical things I think is missing is the fact that we don't encourage by design curiosity. We almost want to kill it and get rid of it as quickly as possible because we want to, again, you know, deconstruct everything into problems to be solved and problems to be solved means we know the situation, right? And we have a sense of what the answer might be. And therefore we're trying to just work it out, you know, another math formula to be, to be figured out, right? And so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what we end up doing, right? We don't, we try to stifle curiosity. And so we therefore don't have the capacity to even want to discover, right? And I think that's a critical part of what Daniel Kahneman was trying to allude to. And now just quickly before I end, I'm gonna add the risk of being formulaic my way of moderating uh, or how I think about sources of information, I think I look at it from an attitude perspective. So what are these, what is this information for, right? And I break it down as we, as we were talking, I broke it down into sort of four areas. One, I think there's information that we bring in to develop skills and capabilities. The second one is, it, and so that's meant for accomplishment, right? I just want to do something better. And there's another one which is around the general knowledge and perspectives, which I want to add so I can develop my worldview. I can understand people better, maybe, you know, I can look at things differently. Then, then of course, there's the, you know, the great use of uh, information now, which is just purely for entertainment, right? We just absorb it because we want to be entertained. But I think the one that we really miss and don't spend enough time on is the information that's actually affecting our character, who we are becoming. So we split it into these sort of pieces where you've got, as I said, there's entertainment at the top, general knowledge, maybe next skills and capabilities. And then at the bottom, it's really our information that's affecting our character. And if we are going to play this on, we need to be able to really focus on uh, this, this aspect of information, right? All the things that we were talking about, about trust, relevance, identity, uh, being of value to people comes back to character-based information, right? Sort of using a character filter to almost want to build your basis for discernment. And I think that's really, really important. So guru hat off now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can keep the guru hat on. I think we have so much to glean. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that was really... I mean, I, I don't have much to add to that, but I thought that was really insightful. And I think the way you broke down the different layers as well as a fantastic uh, effective framework that we could also use when we question the kind of information that we've been fed. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll also say like a great point, Stephen, um, bringing up attitude, you know, why are you actually going to read the other, the other uh, 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 news, the other perspective? Um, are you going so that you can glean more uh, 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 ammo or when you take your defensive stance, or are you going there for understanding? I think that's that's also very important. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think uh, on such a guru moment of uh, our, our resident uh, guru, <laughs> for lack of words, uh, I think we'll probably call a close there. So I think uh, one of the, the lessons, and you guys can help me out if you've got anything else, but some of the stuff that I picked up from this conversation is one is a, uh, 
be mindful before you share. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Two is that uh, make sure you get various perspectives of uh, the, the information that you're actually uh, consuming. And it's lovely how, how uh, Dev broke it up. It's like, what is the purpose of the information? Is it entertainment, general knowledge, uh, skill and information? Or is it information that actually affects our character? So that's quite good the way that it's broken up into there. And I think that the third one is that um, also we must never lose the skill of fact-checking for ourselves. Um, once you start outsourcing that to somewhere online, how are you actually going to deal with it offline? <laughs> so it's, it's a skill that we should uh, sharpen rather than discard of or outsource. Um, so those are the three takeaways really that I got. If I may add to, yeah, to, yeah, the, please go ahead. to the tips as well. Um, and I, I'm not sure we, we touched on this um, earlier, uh, but also understanding uh, how journalism is today uh, as a result of how media has shifted, where in order to get your attention, uh, we need to take a sensationalist approach. You know, so a lot of time it's there to elicit an emotional response. You know, and, and so I think in staying true to what we're talking about in being personally responsible, I, I would say that you should, um, it's okay to feel a certain way when you receive uh, a piece of information, but before you share, make sure that you think first, you know, so you need to translate that emotion into thought. What is your opinion on it? Make sure you read it beyond the title uh, and think how that will affect somebody else and then share it. Yeah. I love that point there is that never base your perception on a title or a headline. Always make sure you read the article itself before you share, take that time, <laughs> educate yourself before trying to educate other people. Yeah. yeah. So I think the, in the concept of memes, TLMR is a really, really important too long, must read. <laughs> right. it, you know, and so for me, I really, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, uh, really becoming tough, but I have to really orient myself to just make sure that I pick an article from the Atlantic or the Economist or something just so I build the discipline of reading, you know, a journalistic piece that goes on for two or three pages. Right. And, and I'm talking about, you know, newspaper, you know, half size. So it'll almost fill an entire uh, page of a broadsheet, right? I mean, the Atlantic is a friend. It's just reading those kind of articles. The, even the Guardian gives a, you know, slightly shorter version of that. But the that kind of writing, you know, and valuing that kind of input so that people are, you can see the train of thought, you can, you can understand the different points of view that people are trying to bring into the conversation. You know, that's really, really important. You know, uh, yeah, thanks for raising that, Johnson, because it's just that sense of being very disciplined about how you stretch yourself right? and not just because if you if you are a meme consumer you will become a meme absolutely yeah, it's like we always say right you are uh, what you consume is what you become yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you eat marshmallows you become a marshmallow <laughs> yeah oh yeah. well, that was a great chat guys I, I i as i say i've learned quite a bit from it and um hopefully we we can inspire some other people now to actually take the time, be more mindful about the sharing and take the time to, to really uh, read articles before sharing too. Uh, so with that, uh, Stephen, what do you have for us this week? 
Well, um, I, I, I guess semi-connected to, to that, the topic of, of social media. Something popped up in mine uh, and its, it's uh, headline was Nigerian socialite proudly shows up at wedding with six women he impregnated. <laughs> wow. Now, yeah, now, 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 just to provide some context, it wasn't his, it wasn't his own wedding and he came up, came back with six other women, but uh, it was a friend's wedding and, but he came with, uh, with six women. Now, um, you might have uh, sort of like uh, opinions formed already based on that, but I, just to add um, um, a little more background as well, um, there, there is a, there's a video um, of him. And he's, he's really celebrating this fact. And the ladies who are all definitely uh, pregnant um, are all very happy about it as well. Um, so they're not, it's not like a, there's no sense of shame uh, that they are feeling or the, the man is feeling at all. But he's really celebrating them and they're really lovingly uh, accepting that, uh, that adoration from him as well. So I just wanted to get your thoughts um, uh, about this. Um, as well <laughs> well from, from from one perspective i i can say like whoa because you know <laughs> it, 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 pregnancy is nine months you managed to get six of them <laughs> knocked up in that nine months that that is a uh, quite virile if we can put it that way because <laughs> well, well, some, some people but, it but, takes a lot more, more than nine months just to get one <laughs> yeah so that's that's the one perspective well he, he yeah doesn't have a problem planting the seed i guess uh, but anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So I think first thing, let's let's just take it, back it off from the fact that this is not about a Nigerian question, right? This is just about man, manhood, and our view on, uh, right? So it's not a cultural context. It's actually about the fact that look, as men, what do we actually think about this? I mean, I, as I said, that there are aspects of this where you're sort of going, my goodness, how would you? I mean, I, how would you even sort of pay attention to? That, that many, I mean, that kind of, the intensity of that kind of relationship, right? I'm just, I mean, for me, it's, it's tough enough just having the, the, the investment in this one family, right? Uh, and holding myself true to, you know, uh, bringing my kids up, trying to uh, get involved in their education, um, you know, trying, uh, spending time with my wife, uh, you know that that's already tough, and I'm I'm just wondering how how is he able to to do something like that? I mean, do you discard some of this, maybe, and then you know spend time on other things? Or uh, I'm not sure. It's God. That you really know how to pick them, Stephen. I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one thing to say is that it is a bit difficult to have this kind of conversation without the cultural aspect there. Could be, could be. Um, yeah. Because like, as we know, is, uh, manhood is a general subject, but it is also filtered through the lens of uh, the local culture. So how manhood is perceived in say Sweden is different to how manhood would be perceived in the continent of Africa you know, speaking from somebody who has come from Africa. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? So the role of the man would be different. Um, so it might, that cultural aspect might help to alleviate a lot of those responsibilities that you were highlighting now. 
But that said, I have to say is like, on the one side, mad respect for the guy impregnating six women and actually standing up and putting his hand up and taking responsibility for it and being proud about it, that the women are actually happy about it. Do you know what I mean? That means that he's really actually stepping up rather than, than running away from his responsibilities. Um, so that side, I'm like, wow, okay, mad respect. But then you also have, you know, the other conservative, uh, I don't know if this is Western or if it's also done in the Eastern side, but um, it's like, what? Six women, didn't God say one man, one woman? <laughs> you know, you, you have that, that playing in the background here. Um, so there are the two perspectives when looking at this. It's like he's uh, on the one end. I mean, this is going back to the conversation that we just had, right? You know, how do you, you branch the, or bridge the two perspectives? Is like on the one end here, we have like, oh, what a hero, man. He's standing up. He's taking responsibility. He's going to be there with all the women all the way. And then on the other hand, you've got the, it should only be one man, one woman. This man should never have had so many in the first place. You know, so now it's coming to the, it's coming to the bridging the gap between those two and seeing like, okay, what is the actual truth that lies in here? Because the truth for them and the experience for them might be totally different to how we're perceiving it, depending on which lens you're looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, so, no, I just wanted to share my, my opinion. I, I think it, it, this thus make, this does make me curious about the Nigerian culture which I'll go read into. Uh, but besides that, um, I mean, I, I'm thinking, you know, um, is this really what manhood is all about? Because I know there will be people who say, wow, what a man, you know, he's managed to impregnate six people. But is being a man merely about planting your seed? Uh, I mean, as Devendran <laughs> has mentioned, there's so many different realities that comes with children, you know, providing for them, planning for their future, taking care of the, the, the family as well. And it just makes me question, you know, then, then what would that uh, vision of um, ideal man be, you know, beyond, beyond just planting your, your seed? But then applying, you know, what we've learned from today's session about, you know, navigating through this whole ocean of information that we're being bombarded with. How do we categorize this piece of news? Is this entertainment? Is this general knowledge? Is this for your skills? Or does this build your character? I would label this as entertainment. And I'd say that this is one of those things where you put in the bucket that it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a rumor that says that this socialite is famous for his publicity stunts merely to just get illicit a response from the public and get your attention, you know? And, and so I think as part of a discipline, does it even matter? Should we even be wasting our time talking about, you know, about this guy, you know, because there's a million and one different news that's going to be popping up on your feed, you know, asking for your opinion, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and in today's day and age, suddenly you, you yeah, you have to have an opinion about everything. Yeah. You know, but how useful is it to, to us on a daily basis, you know? And so that's, that's where I'll, I'll, I'll end my, uh, my opinion but, on this yeah. piece. But, but don't, this, for, yeah. don't forget, he might be yeah. just taking the Bible literally when, you know, go forth and multiply. <laughs>
sure to to each his own but <laughs> i think one one is already plenty no, in but a good interesting, way interesting as you were speaking i i was just thinking you know actually from a rare uh, i was just going, i'm going to correct myself because i think from uh, raising a kid you know this is the classic example of it takes a village to raise a kid right so I got, I got <laughs> create the village. <laughs> right, so it's not impossible for one family to raise uh, six children. So why not? This is, you know, I've got individual mothers for each child, right? And they are, as uh, Mike alluded to, the fact is that the cultural context also, the village does support, I assume, that's a very much tight-knit community. Right in in Africa and Nigeria, even the places where we are, right. Um, so, so from a, a family support perspective, again, not coming from a biblical perspective, but you know, it would seem really, you know, I guess practical. Right? <laughs> You've got each 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 child now has a full time mother. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I, I I think very I think very interesting interesting points. Uh, from all sides, um, I think that uh, absolutely right. Like if, if we take a manhood perspective on this, um, the two sides that, that Mike mentioned is that like I think it's it's great that a, a man is taking responsibility for his, uh, let's say, um, his past mistakes versus um, versus trying to run away or ignore these issues as well um but at the same time there's that perspective of um we shouldn't really be encouraging this behavior as well but i think we should be uh we should be encouraging that sense of taking ownership over over mistakes that you make and taking responsibility um because it's already happened now whether it's something that we should discuss or engage i think personally then we we look at look at these sort of articles that come up, I think it's good that we have those categories and go, well, it doesn't really matter to me. It's entertainment, as Johnson mentioned. But I think as, as a discussion topic, I don't think it's something that we should just try to ignore and not talk about. Because I think people have very different perspectives to what we might, we might uh, react to this sort of article. Like we mentioned, some people genuinely might go, this is our definition of a man and this is who we should aspire to be. And if we just try to say like, no, 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 it's not, it's not relevant. Let's just ignore it. Maybe we are, we are going into our own echo chamber of, uh, and not realizing that maybe there's a huge people who really like this idea of polygamy or really like this idea of like my sole purpose in life is to knock up as many women as possible. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But we don't know unless we start engaging in a conversation about it, right? Like from our perspective, it may be entertainment. From others, it's a life goal. <laughs> and also, I want to just clarify my formula earlier. It doesn't mean that you you classify information only in one of these boxes, right? Because as you said, this is an ent- it, it clearly came in as a form of entertainment, right? Oh yeah, okay, I don't mind thinking. Then we brought it into this discussion, right? So. It is at least providing now shining a light on two things. It's giving us a perspective, right, on a, a particular issue, right, or a, potentially a particular cultural point as we dig deeper, right. So we could not have had this type of conversation if we didn't dig further 
into this. So we didn't just read that one article. That article clearly probably has, you know, 90% entertainment value, right? But it's potentially got a link into something if we want to spend the time to link into something that gives us a perspective of something and, you know, uh, and some knowledge. But then we're also questioning now, what bits of our character are we saying, uh, you know, do we want to adopt this or do we want to stand firm on our own beliefs, right? But at least we, we've gotten to that point through discussion, engagement, right? We're willing to, you know, just appreciate the fact that we've all got different points of view, right? We may value virility versus uh, nurturing versus uh, biblical truth, right? But we're prepared to engage and, and become better for it. Yeah, I, also, I, I, I mean, yeah. it, sorry, just to respond to, to Stephen as well, I think if it's a matter of, uh, you know, I think this is a fantastic icebreaker piece to get the conversations going, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> we've run out of things to, to talk about. I think this is, this is fantastic to, to get things started, you know, and obviously it's really about the, the context, right? You know, uh, I think there's a, there was a saying by Thomas Jefferson, it says, in matters of principle, stand like a rock. In matters of taste, swim with the current. You know, so yes, if, if this article does elicit um, a discussion about how this forms your character, then let's have a discussion about it. You know, but you know, if, if it's about a debate about this guy in Nigeria, whether he should or should not, you know, I, how, much re, how much resources, time and energy do you want to pour into it? Sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. My point is going to be a uh, uh, valid anymore, but I just wanted to also highlight, you know, it's like, <laughs> like just just going back to to earlier, it was like when t looking at the cultural perspective, I also find that you know it's it's a very important part. Is that I think with um, with a lot of like uh, Hollywood being everywhere and all these kinds of things, uh, many countries have started to adopt a lot of the the U.S. kind of uh, culture within their own. Um, and for me, it's, it's a bit of a, a concern is that, that ultimately there might be a, a bit of a, the country's identity actually being lost. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, for me, as somebody who travels around is one of the things I've always loved is going and actually experiencing all these different cultures and actually learning about what's the history of these people. Um, the last thing I would want to is to go to every country and, and basically just see another white country <laughs> with different faces. And I, I feel like this, this might play, I mean, this is just a long winded way of saying is it, it might play a little part into this particular uh, scenario here. It's like, like Steven is saying is like, this is definitely not the way we want to uh, promote uh, the idea of manhood, you know, going around and planting the seed as Dev. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Dev said. <laughs> Um, but it's also good to note is that, you know, when looking at the idea of manhood also take into, uh, account the cultural aspect while, uh, the way it's presented might be different. Um, what we should stick to is really the biblical truths and the character that's developed from the biblical truths rather than looking at what's happening in the cultural aspect. Um, so knowing that you're looking at through their lens, through their uh, a cultural lens, um, how are they actually applying that biblical truth? So one to me that I, I mentioned earlier that really stands out is that he's taking ownership of it. You know, like uh, in many other areas, uh, 
um, the man usually runs away. You know, <laughs> it's like, what? You're pregnant? Ah! <laughs> Responsibility. Let me get out of here. And it's like, you know, like the, the cartoons, Fred Flintstone, all those where they run. Um, so I think for me, that that's a big kudos in this particular situation. And I think that's a characteristic that, you know, defines or one of the definitions for me is, is, is taking that ownership, taking that responsibility um, is a character trait that I feel every man should, should practice. So going back to this, this, we have our, our, our list of uh, four categories is this might not necessarily be boxed into uh, 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 entertainment, but how you perceive it, the attitude you go at and, and take it at, it can actually filter into the other boxes too. So do we have a point of view on, <clears throat> on this quirky, quirky fact? I, I thought Mike Simon yeah. summarized it up very well. Right, we'll go with Mike. Yeah, okay. I think then, there was, there was you know, summarized it, beautifully and I was waiting for a nice big wrap up <laughs> you know in light of that then um i will end it on a note <laughs> that i got it right <laughs> um yeah so i think as we say is, is is always um if we have to look at the the whole conversation from today it's the things to glean back i mean just to to reiterate is like looking at the instance of of where you're consuming your information ensure that you are uh uh, always keeping in mind that when you're sh sharing something, um, make sure you've done your due diligence. Be mindful before you share. Um, make sure that whatever you're sharing is adding value to the people that you're sharing it to. And one of the ways of doing the due diligence is actually by reading the article and not just the sharing the, the headline. Um, and then the, the third one is also is like... Um, always exercise that always exercise that um, uh, uh, skill of fact-checking for yourself don't outsource this but rather sharpen it to ensure that you can do this and you'll be reliably be able to do it online as well as offline in the future and hopefully it's a skill we can pass on to our children and not just completely outsource anything else you guys want to add and just before we shut down? Nope, nope, everybody happy? Fantastic, oh, we're all actually in agreement. I'm telling you, this past two weeks has been a bit of an anomaly, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, as always, it's been great. Uh, I love the conversation. I love the points that have been made, and I look forward to our next one. You guys have a great week. Yeah, pleasure to be connected with all of you again. Thank, Thank you, care. it's been fun. Guys. Ciao.